We are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined live in studio uh, today by Merle himself. Merle, back from his uh, fishing vacation. I saw the pictures. There was a, it was a mighty fine Photoshop job. Um, it's amazing how we replicated all those fish with all those guys, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. If you look it, at the fish, it's all the same fish. Exactly. There was just, and it's only half a fish. Exactly. You know, I, yeah, because he ate the other half right away, of course. Well, I tell you what, folks. Um, so we were on this fishing trip. A, a friend of mine is is, is battling cancer, and, and uh, so you know, he said to me and some other friends of ours of you know forty some years, uh, said, "You would you come fishing with me?" So we all went down to Florida fishing, and and we just had a blast uh, with my friend and and with fishing, and and we all got together and some great camaraderie in that whole bit. But I tell you what, the excitement of this thing, folks, is I'm sitting. You know, four inches from the edge, battling a, a really, I'm going to, I don't know if it's really big because to us, you know, 22 or 24 inch fish isn't that big, mm-hmm. except if it's a redfish, you're hanging on for your life because it's, it's like a muskie. I mean, these things fight like you wouldn't believe. So in the middle of here, folks, just to complete the story, I'm looking down and our guide reaches over and says, open the bail on a rod. And I'm thinking, well, why? I just got the thing to the boat. Mm-hmm. And he opens it up. He says, let it go. He opens up the bale, and my fish, of course, just takes off. Well, I look down, and there's an eight-foot shark right under me. I could have jumped on and started wrangling it down. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Whoa. So the shark was going after my fish that was on the bait. Oh, no. Uh, and so we closed the, uh, the bale, and I reeled it back in, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, so he didn't want to catch the shark, though. I get it. But, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been a story, um, and you know, you may or may not then have made it here today. Well, I would have. But most of me would have made it. There most, could have been some parts that were missing. Yeah, but, there, uh, yeah. there may have been some parts missing, but yeah, it, sh- it uh, sure would have been a a great story to yeah, to yeah. tell if you would have reeled in the the shark, but it's still a great story nonetheless. Uh, you know, and uh, as again, we're glad to have you back live in studio here. I don't know that we're going to be able to take phone calls right now because uh, Merle showed up. Well, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as slightly unprepared. Yeah, we'll folks, figure it out as we go. Part of the trip, my headphones, folks, are sitting in my travel backpack, and so I don't have any ears. So I'm doing it completely. Yeah. So if you really want to screw up the show, folks, call in live. Well, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, so Seven one five. 845-2155. Go ahead and give us a call. Indeed. Before I, we go, I have to also say this. Okay. Mom's 81st, 83rd birthday. So I'm sure wow. her friends are listening. Call mom. Tell her she's 89. She won't know the difference. <laughs> so. <laughs> we will uh, We will not give you that number uh, on the air, but uh, depending on uh, how, how well you bribe us during the commercial breaks, we just might. Uh, Merle, you know, there's, uh, again, a lot of stuff going on, uh, not only here in the United States, but worldwide. Of course, uh, we heard it with Fox News at the top of the hour, uh, just waking up to news that Israel has been attacked uh, by Hamas earlier today. Now, uh, you, you hear that and you don't think, okay, well, yeah, that that's maybe not to the same level of Russia getting uh, Russia invading Ukraine, but uh, that's still going to have some implications down the road because it seems that no matter what kind of news story breaks internationally there in one way or another there may be some ramifications for the the u.s markets so put on your international relations hat for a moment and uh prognosticate for us as much as you can i think israel hamas is probably not going to have much of an effect in the marketplace okay you know we we have to think about the logic of this folks you know we have uh, marathon counting on a call that israel uh, and it's just probably not all that far off in some size. Um, uh, then we have uh, Lincoln County, uh, which is even smaller to the north. 
and again, may or may not be really all that far off from size. Um, one of them has nuclear powers in the weaponry of the United States, and the other one has sticks. Okay. Well, maybe a few things more than sticks. I'm not sure what Hamas is thinking, but, you know, there you go. So it's probably not going to have much of an issue around sure. the world. At least I don't believe that it's going to. Um, um, uh, we'll see then. Uh, you know, everybody thought that uh, Ukraine was going to be overrun in a matter of weeks from Russia. So um, who knows which direction. But typically, uh, we don't see much of that between the skirmish between Hamas and Israel because it's been happening continually for a really long time. Um, usually happens and it's over relatively quickly and they shake hands and kiss babies and and uh, then it goes until something else happens three months later, it seems. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see. Um, but I don't see much from that standpoint happening. Yeah, it, and, but it, again, it just goes to show that how connected we are, you know, worldwide. It seems like that's something, again, I have to pay attention to this stuff in my role as news director. And uh, every now and then during the week, it's kind of my job to say, how can I ask Merle about this and see how yeah, this is yeah. going well, to, it's, it's a good question. to happen? Yeah. But yeah, it, we are connected in more ways than we think. And as my mother would say, the price of rice in China, usually saying that tongue in cheek when my dad's talking about something that she's not real interested in. But things like that are going to have an impact on somebody's retirement in one way or another. Well, be it's it going yeah, to have an impact to where things go. I mean, certainly, yes. I mean, the, the biggest things, if you've noticed over the course of the last month, folks, that's, that's been happening inside of the markets and dropping the markets. In fact, the S&P is down some 8% throughout the course of September. We look at it and go, oh, my, what, you know what? And I'm kind of looking, well, it's actually kind of normal at the moment. Um, I don't like it when it goes down. Nobody does. Of course. But we have to look at it and say, is it understandable that it's going down? And from that, we can at least be a little bit rest assured of what's going on to the future. You know, what's kind of happening is there's, there's an article that popped out. I don't know if I necessarily agree with what the person is doing in the article. And we'll come to it, folks. Um, but inside of the article, he's saying we're putting, you know, 80% of all of our money is going into cash. Because we don't like what's going on in the world and blah, blah, blah. And they got a huge track record of predicting a bunch of stuff that was really bad. But they'll also go through and say we have a really bad track record of being back in when things are doing really well. So, you know, tit for tat on that. But but in there, um, you know, the things that are happening right now are predictable. And we have an idea of what's going to happen. We just don't know the exact neighborhood of when. And so what's happened throughout the course of this past week is that treasury prices or treasury bills have been going up in their yield. So remember, folks, interest rates and the value of bonds work inversely. This is the big thing that dropped the market last year is when interest rates went up by the Federal Reserve, it dropped bond prices down. And so your most conservative of portfolios in 22 went down in value because the old 60-40 blend of stock market to bonds um, both lost values on the stock side and the bond side, which um, that blend usually doesn't go down, and it did last year, and it went down a lot. So we stabilized for most of the year, but now the federal, I'm sorry, the Fed, though the Federal Reserve has an increased interest rates, the bond marketplace built into one said, well, we think interest rates are going to go up. So it's driving up the yield, which is your interest, mm-hmm. which drove down the value of bonds throughout the course of this year. And people are saying, oh, no, the world's falling apart. And people started selling off of the stock market and it drove the stock markets down. Now, you know, you have some people are going through and saying, well, geez, there's some really good stuff that's on sale. And continue to buy through this and buying stuff on, on uh, at a better price. I, for one, did that because I think I like stuff that's on sale. I don't like to mm-hmm. pay full price for this. Ask my wife. Indeed. So, you know, so we have that going on inside of the marketplace, and it's all part of this big macroeconomic cycle that goes on, which we'll chat about. So, the article in which I'm talking about, um, come on, computer. Here we go. Here we go. 
um, is by Brett Ahrens, and it says this fund manager is holding 60% cash. I said 80 before. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. 60% cash and expecting a stock market crash. Well, we got to define what a stock market crash is. A correction is defined at 10% down. We're already at 8. We'll probably see 10. Why? Because we haven't seen it all year, and all we've seen is the stock market go up. So, again, nothing that's out of the norm in here. So inside of here, they go through and they make their case that why they think that the stock market's going down and the world's going to go into a recession and the world's going to fall apart and you and I are going to be in soup kitchens. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not really all that bad. But there's a lot of good stuff inside of this article, folks, and I welcome you to read it, but not to the extreme that the article is written by and by the people um, who have a uh, Ruffler and Company is the um, fund manager out of London. Um, Well, they're all kind of crazy over there anyway. I don't know if it's really true or not. But, right. But, you know, some of the stuff we look at it, and it's all designed about, you know, are we going to have this big recession that's just going to fall down in the world, or are we going to have this soft landing, or is there going to be some sort of a mix in the middle? I think it's going to be some sort of a mix in the middle. But all in all, um, it really kind of comes down to making sure that we're protecting ourselves if it doesn't happen, and how do we take advantage of um, a recession if it comes? And what to prepare for if we have a recession, if it comes. And, uh, you know, as I would look at something like this and say, you were talking about the the bond market earlier. Of course, Mm -hmm. the bond market had a hand in the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and others because of the way that they had managed their assets. So if things really were going to be that bad, then why didn't all of the banks fail? Well, what's interesting is the bond market didn't fail. It was the managers of the banks that failed because... Well, we used the term last week in jack wagons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, interest rates and bonds. We talked about it before. Interest rates go up, value of bonds come down. Now, based upon maturities. So if you have a bond that's going to mature in one year, is going to have less volatility to, you know, to arise in interest rates than if you have a bond that's going to mature in, say, 20 years or 30 years, called long bonds. Those are going to have much of a volatility with a small amount of interest rate. You're going to have a lot more fluctuation or leverage of price. So... Silicon Valley and the people running those banks says, well, geez, look, those pay higher interest rates. So we're going to take all of our money and put them out into the long bonds because we get higher interest rate. That's more gooder. I'm going to say more gooder because I don't think they could say better. So they said, that's more gooder. Well, interest rates went up, which is predicted by everybody in the world, including the Federal Reserve, going, hey, we're going to increase interest rates. The interest rates went up. The long bonds fell. They lost their can and went, oh, how did that happen? Jack wagons. There's the term. Jack wagons. If there's ever a term for this show, that's it. I I, I use the term myself, jack wagons, yeah, occasionally. Yeah, there you go. Usually, usually I'm uh, saying it directed towards somebody like, say, a uh, now former Minnesota United head coach Adrian Heath when he doesn't substitute in the second half of a match the way I'd like him to. But same principle. Yeah, it works perfectly, <laughs> Jack Wagon. So, so, so well, the bond marketplace behaved exactly as it's supposed to. Um, the managers didn't auto play it. Again, not unlike Adrian Heath, former head coach of Minnesota United, and the former is uh, put in front of there for a reason if you've seen the way Minnesota United has played this year. 715-845-2155, again, is the number to call if you've got a question for Merle. Again, Merle does not have headphones today. He is flying blind, but we will uh, find some way to make it work here on Making Financial Sense. Why? Because, again, Merle's back live in studio for the first time in a couple of weeks, and, well, this is an occasion that needs to be celebrated. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll be back with more after this here on WSAU. 
821 on this Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. We have clear skies outside right now. A uh, little bit of a chilly morning for for some out there. Uh, good news for those of you that heat your homes with natural gas. Prices of that are expected to come down this year by as much as 8%. Merle Kelch giving the thumbs up. Obviously, he's a natural gas customer. Electric customer, fuel, oil, propane, sorry, your heating prices are probably going up this year. But then again, uh, the price of a stamp is going to be increasing for about the second time in 13 months as well. So what isn't going up these days besides the S&P 500? The void, but yeah, but eventually it's going to. Indeed, uh, indeed. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we are talking earlier about the, the fluctuation of things uh, in the markets and, of course, uh, you know, bond markets, uh, how that impacted Silicon Valley Bank and everything like that. And, you know, the prices prices going up, bond values going down. That's always kind of a, a big factor in certain uh, in certain things in your world, right? Um, it is. You know, folks, there's a thing called a macroeconomic cycle. And this macroeconomic cycle goes seven to nine years out. And, and all of us as are, that are listening are going to have this probably two or three more times in our lifetime. If you're my age, um, you'll probably get it four or five more times. So you're a lot younger than us. But if we look at what's going on inside of the marketplace today and we take a snapshot, we're probably going, oh, the world's falling apart. This is awful. Mm-hmm. Run for the hills. You Indeed. know, we're looking for our torches chasing Frankenstein. All right, maybe I just got a movie in there someplace. <laughs> um, but we look at this, and, and what's happening right now from a macroeconomic standpoint, and I'll go through that in a second here, guys. If we look at it from a macroeconomic cycle, there, there's nothing new. We're just defining a, a new uh, moment where we're starting into the next phase of a macroeconomic cycle. So let me give you that brief, folks. So we all start out in America with a growth economy. Why? Because we're Americans and we're capitalists and capitalism is good. I just made a statement there, didn't I? Yes, all right. you did. So, so we start with a growth economy. Uh, why? Because we can, where everything's great and Jobs are plentiful, and we're making money, and the markets are going up, and everybody's happy, and we're all singing, and there's birds flying. So eventually, that growth starts getting overheated, and as it starts getting overheated, we start having inflationary pressures that come along. So as we have inflationary pressures, of course, the Federal Reserve then, and by their mandate, is to increase interest rates to slow the economy down, and hopefully their job is to slow it down enough that we have a sustained growth rather than overheating. And eventually what happens is the interest rates go up to such a point that we slow down and we start having Uh, some recessionary fears. Now, in the middle of here, the tool for slowing the economy down is interest rates. So interest rates go up, of course. Um, We talked about it before. Then uh, interest rates go up, bond prices come back down. Again, it's all normal. And at some particular point in time, the economy starts slowing down at such a point where the Federal Reserve goes, hold it. We're supposed to make sure that the economy is growing. We've slowed it down too far. And as a result of that, now we're going to start lowering interest rates so that people want to borrow money once again and get the widgets going. And we flip back around hopefully minimizing the recessionary point inside of this macroeconomic cycle and flip back around into a growth economy. So, so in doing so, that's every seven to nine years. You know, maybe, it's, maybe it's eight to ten. Nobody knows the exact times that we go from a growth to an inflationary, inflationary to recessionary, recessionary to growth. If we knew that, I'd have a Swami hat. My world would be a lot different. They'd carry me around you know, with eight men on each side. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe 12. I'm kind of chubby. I'd be in a chair. They'd be bouncing around singing songs about me. Again, I may have seen that in a movie too. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, so right now what's happening is we're battling that point in time and saying, where are we leaving the inflationary economy, going to a recessionary economy? And, and we expect that to be the case. 
Um, there's nobody that doesn't expect it to be the case. We just don't know when or what depth we're going to end up having that recessionary economy and when interest rates going to come down. And so that's the battle that we're having right now, back and forth in a marketplace and the people with the swami hats and the people are saying it's going to happen tomorrow, it's going to happen, you know, 25, it's going to happen 24, it's going to happen on April of 24. We, we just, you just don't know when it's going to happen. But what is happening is what's happening with interest rates and the value of bonds. So that being said, that's the battle. And the reason we're seeing the markets going so crazy at the moment is because we're, we might be hitting that point where we're saying, okay, um, interest rates going up may be at their end. Do we now want to start looking at long bonds and buying them on purpose? Not because necessarily we're getting the best interest rates, but remember before, folks, in this macroeconomic cycle, to get us from a recessionary period of time to growth, interest rates come down. So if we have those long bonds and we own them, interest rates come down, our $900 bond we bought might jump up to $1,200. And this is just an example, folks, of course. And now we get principal while we're getting nice interest rates. So even though we're having a recession, all of a sudden we're making growth in our portfolio and getting interest rates at the same time. And that's what the markets are battling back and forth. That's the shift of money from the stock market during a recessionary period of time going into the bond marketplace. It's not necessarily because people think the stock market is going to fall apart. We'll never make money again. No, no. The start money is shifting money from the stock marketplace, putting into the bond marketplace because they know the interest rates are going to come down and we're going to make growth when there's not growth inside the marketplace, but we're going to make it in a bond portfolio and earn interest at the same time. And we switch around back into the growth. And as we have growth, money will migrate from the bond marketplace into the stock marketplace again. And so that's what people are watching for folks. You and I that are listening to the show and working every day, we don't see that mm -hmm. just because that's not what we do. I mean, we do our work. Um, you work and do a great job here in the news. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, we have somebody who's building the the building doors and building windows and, and working hard at their daily jobs, but they don't see that. Mm -hmm. It's weirdos like me that look at that stuff all the time. Why? I don't know. I've got a problem, folks. I'm <laughs> telling you. I could use some sort of psychological help. It, well, while providing it occasionally to some people who come to you and say, wait a minute, the statement I'm getting here on the price on my bonds shows that I'm going to be losing money. I'm well, not making you know, as much money as I want to. I'm pulling all the money out and investing it in Google yeah, yeah, or know, Alphabet or Meta, it, whatever company. People are chasing history tend to get shot in the foot because of the, times like these. And, and you're hitting on it. We've heard it from some people coming in. You know, I've had this money sitting inside of my portfolio for the last couple of years. I'm supposed to be conservative, not making any money. And I don't even have to look at the statement and know what's on, and to know what's inside of the portfolio because I, I know what's going on inside of it. And now's the time they want to pull out. Now's the time you kind of go, uh, no, don't don't pull out because it's going to spin back around again, depending upon what's on the inside. And you look and say, well, hold on, because it's going to get better. And now you got to kind of hold hands because they want to jerk out of, for example, uh, bond portfolios that they've been in and haven't made money in the last two years. Now they want to pull out because they're terrible. Well, hold it. If interest rates go down, they're going to kind of come back again. You know, so it's, it's part of that is we have to make sure that people aren't shooting themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the biggest part of it. So hang in there, folks. You know, we look at this. Are, are we going to probably have a recession from everybody that I go through? In fact, uh, one of my favorite economists, Brian Westbury, um, says, yeah, we're going to have a recession. Where's it going to be as far as what debt? We don't know. But he's got more of a problem with um, right now, talking about a recessionary standpoint, is the amount of debt that we have as far as a country. Um, our debt came out at 6.5 GDP. 
Um, uh, so our debt is 6.5% of our gross domestic product, which is one of the highest it's ever been, especially for a non-war scenario. It's been, uh, and, and that was even after the Supreme Court shut down all the money that the administration wanted to give away for student loans. Mm-hmm. That would have made it even higher. Right. Now, given the amount of full employment that we have, you know, at 3.6% employment rates, um, I'm sorry, unemployment rates, which is enormously low, um, that amount of debt is just huge. And so his opinion is, you know, not only are we going to have probably a recessionary event, but we're going to have a crossroads within the next couple of years of the amount of debt that we keep spilling out to the amount of taxes that we're paying. So one of two things have to happen. Either the federal government's actually going to have to reduce the amount they're spending. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Or taxes are going up. And we could very well have taxes going up, um, fuel prices going up, and at the same time, a recessionary period of time. Does anybody remember the late 70s and early 80s? Yeah, well, Not quite. That's kind of a recipe of that same type of a mess. So he's more worried about that than us having a recessionary period of time. So make sure we uh, uh, vote for people who are saying, let's spend less, um, hold taxes on, and be a little bit more conservative with our buck. Uh, because I think this could be the better long-term uh, scenario here. He's Merle Kelts for Making Financial Sense on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, Merle, and just to just to kind of wrap this all up, yeah, a lot of the discussions and a lot of the things that, uh, that you're talking about in there has got me kind of thinking like maybe one of your clients, of course, in my role here as, as host of the show. So if I'm coming to you with that, you know, that statement saying, okay, these these investments are not doing as well as I thought. Is there a point where you would might look at that statement and say, okay, things are down here on this side of your portfolio. Now may be the time to, if you're able, invest a little more on that side so that way when the cycle comes back around, you're capturing a little more profit and maybe getting a little more return on investment than you were before is that just kind of one of the basics here? The, the answer is yes to all of those. So it depends. You might see three clients in a course of one day. One client, based upon what they want to achieve and what they want to do, we might do a shift from A to B. You know, say, okay, we're going to move a little bit from A, move to B. Um, uh, uh, the second client of the day might say, oh, we're just going to leave it as it is because you're looking at stuff five, seven years from now. We're going to leave stuff as it is. Doesn't make any sense. Um, you might have the third client that. Um, you know, we have to tie them up and, and shackle them because they want to run out and do some crazy stuff. You know, so it all depends about what the client wants to do, but you always have to be cognizant as a financial professional of where we are from this macroeconomic cycle. You have to. And so I'm, I'm a big, um, uh, I'm really big into looking at the numbers and not the emotion in the marketplace because the emotion in the marketplace is always insane. Everybody's doing knee-jerk reactions on a daily basis in the stock market. So I try to just simply step back and look at the numbers and say, where are we? What do we need to do? Um, somebody said to me, so we have a recession. What should we do? I'm like, um, eat? <laughs> um, have dinner? I, I mean, yeah, what do you want me to do? We're not going to just run out. How many times have we been in a recession in our lifetime at 50 years old? Well, um, and I wish I was still 50. Uh, but, um, you know, how many times have you been through it? Well, a bunch. I said, did you ever, you know, run screaming in the streets? No. Now, there's some preparations you can do. Um, you know, if we do have a recessionary event coming, which my opinion is we're going to, just don't know the depths of what it's going to be. Um, you know, I'd say, well, I'd make sure you have some extra cash uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is if you're looking at that, you know, 
snowmobile that you wanted to buy two years ago being so expensive, that very same snowmobile uh, next winter could be really, really cheap when somebody has to sell the one that they have because they don't have enough cash. So that sort of stuff is going to pop out. The other thing is that make sure you have minimal if no credit card debt because now you're just having to pay something out at a high interest rate mm -hmm. uh, when maybe things might slow down where you're working. So I'd make sure you have a bunch of that stuff done. Um, if you have a, a car payment or something like that you could pay off, I'd pay that off, and I probably wouldn't buy a new car for maybe a year, year and a half down the road because it's going to go on sale as car companies want to start selling cars again. Oh, yeah, if they can get them as everybody's <laughs> on strike at the moment. Right. So, so I would make sure that we have enough cash, we have our credit cards under control, hopefully minimize, minimize some sort of a car payment, and, uh, and hopefully you did not have a uh, variable or adjustable rate mortgage oh, yeah. where that jumped up because that's uh, uh, going to be a bear. This whole thing is kind of interesting to me. One thing that we've not had before, which is where we shut off student loan debt and now it's being turned back on, that's going to act – just like the fuel price is going up, it acts as a tax on the economy. It's going to act like a tax to us because it's something we haven't had to pay in several years, um, and that's going to act as a thing. I think the, and I know you're looking at me going, well, we should take a break, but I got to say this part. <laughs> no worries. Um, I think that um, this Christmas is going to be telltale what happens for a recessionary period of time. Um, are we going to be hitting the money from our personal consumption and personal spending? Um, is that consumer still there, or do the consumer uh, – um, reel it back in and say, okay, now we're going to hold on. We'll see what happens with the, the Christmas. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll be back with more with Merle right after this. Eight forty on this Saturday morning on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU news director, Mike Leishner. He's Merle Kelch. 20 minutes away from Badger pregame. Uh, Wisconsin going to take on Rutgers today for homecoming. Uh, Merle is going to give us the uh, his take on the line on the game as well and whether we should be betting the over or the under. We'll get that at in just a, a little bit uh, as an investment, of course, for entertainment purposes only. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Again, we're going to have some difficulty having actual conversation with Merle. Uh, on the phone because Merle does not have the headphones, but we will take this caller anyway and say good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Uh, what is your question for Merle that uh, I can pass on to him here this morning? Hi. Uh, just a little while ago, I was talking about interrelationship bonds and, and stocks tendencies. One goes up, one goes down. And I hear this, you see this, you read this. I'm just wondering... Is he referring, or in generally, are people referring to government bonds when they're talking about this? Or all? Because there certainly right. are many types of bonds. Private, uh, municipal bonds, things like that. Right. So does that follow lockstep with the more publicized things you see about government bonds? Important statistics, for sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, Merle, the, uh, the what the caller's wondering is uh, earlier we were talking about uh, bonds and the relationship between bonds and your portfolio, the cyclical nature of things. Caller wants to know, uh, are you referring to government bonds specifically or are you referring to all kinds of bonds, including the private, the municipal, uh, corporate bonds, things like that? Uh, the answer is yes. It's going to be to all of them. So um, bond prices are going to be affected really from a global standpoint. Um, the interest rates going down here in the U.S. will affect all the other bonds going back up. 
So, you know, for an example now here, I always like to say this. I'm not a fan of bond funds um, and still not really a fan of bond funds. But when interest rates go down, bond funds are going to benefit like the rest, and they're actually probably a, a real easy place to participate in a, in a drop of prices of bonds to take advantage of the of the up um, surge or the growth in the bonds. But however, um, I like the actual bonds themselves. So I would prefer to have a person say, well, I'd like to buy um, some municipal bonds. One, because you get a tax-free interest rate. Uh, the second part is you're going to get some appreciation when those interest rates drop and the bond prices uh, come back up again. Um, so I'd like to have the physical bonds for that, whether it's municipal or whether it's corporate bonds or whichever. I'd prefer to have the actual bonds. But to do bonds properly as far as owning the physical bonds, you really need to have about a $25,000 minimum. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. And if a person says, well, geez, I don't have the $25,000 minimum for one bond, well, then the bond mutual fund would be the alternative to, to go to. Now, um, on that, I hope that I help answered your call, um, caller, though I can't hear you. All right, answer your question, I'm sorry. So so the reason I, I talk about the, the $25,000 bond at minimum is because of simply um, um, economies of scale. Bonds actually come in $1,000 increments, um, which many people think, well, hold it, I bought a bond. Really, you never really buy a bond either. You actually gave a loan to a company, municipality, mm -hmm. entity, um, and they come in $1,000 increments. Well, you can buy $5,000 worth of bonds, um, but $5,000 worth of bonds, if you go to sell it, you'll go to a bond broker and he'll look at it and go, oh, geez, nobody wants to buy 5000 bucks because it's too small. Not worth it. It's, it's, yeah, so the, the, the money, the expense to be able to buy $5,000 is like, uh, say, I'm going to save a $100 mutual fund and hold it for 20 years and sell it later. Well, it's, it's so small that nobody wants to pick it up. So you can sell it, but you're not going to get the premium price. You're going to get something less because somebody's going to offer you a little bit less because it's a small block. And so that's the reason you want to buy 25 bonds or about $25,000 worth, because then you're going to get the better prices, that kind of stuff with a bond broker that's buying or selling because you can put it together. Otherwise, a bond broker has to take, you know, four or five five $5,000 pieces and bundle them back together mm -hmm. and try to repackage them and resell them if he wants to resell them, he or she, of course. Um, so, so with that, individual bonds I like better. Um, I think that time is, is here and coming. Um, to start looking at those individual bonds um, and uh, uh, $25,000 minimums, or I would use bond funds at some point in time coming up um, if you're not quite hitting those values. All right. And, is, and uh, does that answer your question, caller? That and then some. Thank you much. All right. Thanks for calling. Again, 715-845-2155 uh, is the number to call if you do have a, uh, a question for Merle that I can uh, transpose over to him as we are talking this morning here on Making Financial Sense. Uh, good morning, caller. You're uh, on. Uh, Who are yeah, we talking to? Question. It's about real estate. About real uh, estate. Okay. Okay. Do you? Is there any scenario that you would see that buying a new home or buying a home in the next twelve months would, you know, be a good idea? All right. Yeah, that, that is absolutely a great question right now. So Merle, what the caller wants to know is, do you see a time in the next 12 months or so where buying a home is going to be a good idea and in making an investment like that? Um, I see real estate prices dropping. Um, I can see it now all over the place. And, and um, um, uh, caller, let me tell you where I, I look at this. So I being, of course, of the age and my wife, of course, uh, being of the age, She's looking for someplace warmer to be in the winter. Um, by the way, I wish her luck wherever she's going to go. <laughs> I don't. I don't really like heat, but 
Um, there's a place in um, in uh, the Marlins area, Slidell. Mm-hmm. I like Slidell. I've got family down there, and I've just really come to like the area, love the food and the people. And there's a place in here that I've been looking at for a long time, and this is a place where you can walk out of your back door and hop in your boat, and you can go out fishing. I enjoy fishing. So, so with that, I've been looking at the place for a long time, and four or five years ago, I looked at the price of the houses and went, oh, wowzer, holy cow, are the prices up. Folks, there's some places that, in my opinion, are 30 and 40% of what they were two and three years ago. The prices are dropping. And so this is the place where people are trying to buy it, maybe be an Airbnb or buy the house, flip the house. And so I think it's mm-hmm. indicative of the flow of what's happening inside the real estate marketplace, and they're dropping. So from it, we also look at places on the water up north, and I'm always curious what's going on. Uh, though we don't have a place up north on the water, we have a lot. Um, that's about it at this point in time. And I'm seeing those houses that are in the water that everybody, of course, would want and dream about. I'm seeing prices that are being dropped since this summer, folks, which is just here, um, uh, down forty, fifty thousand dollars The price is dropping on these. And so we're seeing the drop of the real estate market coming right now all over the place. So is it time to invest? I'm not sure if it's time to invest yet. Um, if you're looking at investment to buy it and turn it around, flip it, because I think prices are still coming down. Um, but I think certainly the time is coming because we're seeing the prices come down. The interest rates are, are slowing down uh, the buyers and the people, people who had adjustable rate mortgages. Those who bought it to flip it uh, might be losing some, uh, some, some cash because they have to get rid of it quick with the prices coming down and higher interest rates. So if you're buying a place to buy and invest and flip, I'd say hold on a little bit, but it's going to be pretty close. I guess within 12 months, uh, there'll be a, a peak point near someplace. Um, um, if you're going to buy a place to go for the long term, um, I think that time is coming. Um, but I'd certainly buy it with a mortgage that you can redo uh, the mortgage into a lower interest rate. Because I think the next 12 months to a year, if we look at the banking system as an indicator, if you look at CDs, they're putting them out there 11, 13 months because they think interest rates are going to drop down mm-hmm. too. So that indicator has something you can refinance that mortgage at a lower interest rate coming up. And and yeah, look at the terms on that when you're when you're going to yeah, get the absolutely. mortgage or the loan because a lot of institutions now are saying if you get your mortgage from us now, we will eat the closing costs for the appraisal yeah. and title and things like that when you come with to us to uh to refinance the mortgage within a year or two if the rates have gone down by, say, one, one and a half percent or so. So the banks are... One percent is the general number you want to try to look at. Now, caller, I hope that answered your question. There's one thing I want to put in here, just a a little bit of humor. Um, Second time in the last week, probably the second time in the last two weeks, somebody said, well, I'm not going to buy a house until the interest rates come back down to three (laughs) percent. Right. And I said, well, it's never going to happen, so you're never going to own a house. And they looked at me and said, what? I said, well, yeah, the interest rates of 3% 3% on a mortgage is the abnormality. That's mm-hmm. not the normalcy. Um, anybody that's out there that's 50, 55, 60 years old, I remember what interest rates used to be. And the norm is about 6%, 6.5%. So we're actually at the historical norm of interest rates. Um, and they might go down a little bit, uh, depending on what happens with the Fed. Uh, so I wouldn't be worrying about the interest rates from buying your house. I'd be worried about the price at this point in time right. um, of, of buying that house long term. My first mortgage, I think I've said before, was 13.1%. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the call. We appreciate that. Uh, again, on Making Financial Sense here with Merle Kelch on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, just one more thing uh, to wrap up uh, on 
real estate. Uh, what is kind of that sweet spot? You mentioned 1% for refinancing your mortgage because, again, uh, you do have to consider closing costs and, and things mm-hmm. like that as well. Is one percent that uh, sweet spot that you should be looking at, it's or is like, it it's just maybe a like kind more. of rule of thumb? Is uh, you don't refinance unless you can save yourself about one percent. In the one percent over the life of the mortgage, you go through the math and and say, so uh, where are we? Um, and it may not be for everybody, but that's the the rule uh, rule of thumb. If you can mm-hmm. drop your percentage about a percent, it makes sense through the refinancing. Yeah, and especially if you can, if if the bank will offer you some kind of special like a no closing cost option or low closing cost option because you do have to go through new appraisal, all that, uh, all those sort of things too in, in that process. Yeah. Yeah. He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. It is homecoming against Rutgers. No less Mr. Uh, Chris Conley with the promo there for Badger football coming your way in about six minutes from now. Uh, you, you, you got Wisconsin and the over today. Was that what I heard? Sure. Okay. Go Bucky. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll go with it. I don't know that's, what the over what under I know. was. I don't know what the <laughs> over under was for today. Uh, but but generally the general purpose, and, and this is just uh, you know as we kind of wrap the show up here, just some idle chatter, waiting for your calls at seven one five eight four five two one five five. I've been told that in Vegas the worst days are say the AFC NFC championship days where the favorites win the two favorite teams win to qualify for the Super Bowl and both of the overs hit because the casual better somebody like myself or like you we bet the favorites because we say okay well they're favored there's a reason for that and we bet the overs because we want to see points Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like MGM or FanDuel are going to be coming to Merle Kelch saying we need a loan because this day crashed us. But those are the you know the good days and the bad days that come sure, with running sure. a business like I that. I don't like betting because I'm in the investment business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Paul. All right, uh, Paul, what's your question for Merle that we can uh, transcribe? I want Merle's opinion. Are we going to see a fourth quarter Santa Claus rally as normal? So should I go out and be stocking up on stocks next week? Stocking up on stocks because of a fourth quarter Santa Claus rally. Merle is shaking his magic eight ball right now. Uh, Looking ahead, what do you see? Do you see a fourth quarter Santa Claus rally? You know, Paul, I can actually say I don't know. Usually I'm, I'm pretty excited about what happens in the fourth quarter um, and the, the power of the U.S. consumer to go in and start spending money. But we've seen so much money going out throughout the course of this year being spent on things. We're seeing credit cards going up. I don't know for this year. And I'm generally pretty positive about the Santa Claus rally going in. However, what I do see, Paul, is I do see a lot of stuff um, potentially going on sale that I want to buy. So if I take a look at, you know, stocks that I personally have an interest in, you know, ones that have some good profitability, I look ahead five years from now, um, I think it's going to be a great stock. I just saw them all go on sale throughout the course of this past month. Um, and we're stocking up, we're buying a couple of those things. And if we do not have the Santa Claus rally that we've had throughout the course of the last couple of years, um, I think some of those things are going to even be more on sale. So Santa Claus rally, I can honestly say I don't know, and I'm usually a big um, optimist for that. I don't know this year. Um, but at the same time, I also think, though, um, that we're going to be able to buy and continue to buy throughout the course of this next qu- uh, quarter some really good individual stocks on sale. 
So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next next week. Well, that's that, right. That's called a teaser. Next week, now, maybe you'll have more. Paul, I got to give you this. <laughs> I, I got to give you this. Okay. Sometimes we see unintended consequences. Um, Coca-Cola and both Pepsi. This is an article by Sierra Laney. Um, Coca-Cola and Pepsi stocks both fall after Walmart says the weight loss drugs of the customers from Ozempic, Wygovi, and so forth and so forth are not buying as many sugared sodas anymore as a result of having these drugs. So huh. we might have unintended consequences. Right. So, you know, there's another tip of things to look around, folks. But the zero sugar industry then turns around and goes Maybe. Up. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Once One more time. Uh, first, uh, if anybody wants more information from you, Merle, during the rest of the week, uh, maybe somebody from Wausau wins $1.4 billion tonight on Powerball yeah. and they want to uh, invest with you. How do they get a hold of you at the well, I'll office? I'll tell you what, if you win $1.4 billion, seek out somebody like me or Alan Hogan first. Don't go crazy. <laughs> exactly. Don't tell your relatives. Throw your phone away. Okay. Uh, stop it and see us. Third Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop it in, kick the tires, say hello and hi, have a cup of coffee. You can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. You can find us always at kelchinassociates.com. I got 17 for the Powerball tonight. That's the winner. That's the winner. I'm not going to give you the rest of the numbers, but I got 17 for the Powerball. You got 17 in. All right. All right. He's Merle Kelch. We'll be back with more next week here on Making Financial Sense. Right now, let's head into Badger football pregame. Wisconsin getting ready to take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights for homecoming 2023. Kickoff is at 11 a.m. Pregame coverage. That is starting right now here on WSAU. So we will join the Badger Sports Network coming up after this. Again, this has been Making Financial Sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU.